Naqallahul Azim. All praise, all thanks is only due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who yet again has given us this beautiful opportunity of gathering in the house of Allah Ta'ala on this Mubarak occasion of Jumu'ah. We thank Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala for this favor and this great opportunity. And we make dua to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that He allows us to see many, many more days of Jumu'ah with Afiyat. And we also ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that He allows us to appreciate this Mubarak day of Jumu'ah. And we also make dua to Allah Ta'ala that He allows our last day of our earthly life to be the Mubarak day of Jumu'ah. This ayat of the Quran which I've recited, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is explaining to us, Allah ta'ala is spelling out to us that what is the plot of shaitan. That shaitan has got a certain plot, a certain plan in mind that causes us to behave in a certain pattern, to get us to behave in a certain manner. So there's a certain trick if we may use, there's a certain approach that shaitan uses that helps us to get or help to get us to behave in the manner that he would like us to behave. So Allah Ta'ala is spelling out, telling us that this is what shaitan is promising and this is what he's going to do in order to get you to do what he wants to do. And simultaneously Allah Ta'ala is then telling us that what is the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So on one side we got shaitan's promise and on the other side we got Allah's promise. So Allah Ta'ala is spelling it out to us because we can know beforehand that this is the plot, this is the plan of shaitan. So Allah is saying, As-shaytanu ya'idukumul faqara. In this ayat, Allah Ta'ala is saying that shaitan will frighten you with poverty. He'll make you afraid and the thing that he'll frighten you is not with a lion, not with a tiger, not with one gun, but he'll make you afraid of poverty. He'll use poverty as his weapon, as his tool, as his instrument to threaten you. He'll frighten you with poverty. I'll explain this just now. And the second thing shaitan does, he bids you, he encourages you, he commands you towards anything that is obscene, anything that's indecent. This is the style of shaitan. So now coming back to the first part, the first weapon of shaitan is to frighten you with fear. Shaitan, all he does, so he frightens you with poverty. The fear of poverty he puts in your heart. So what he does, he tells a person that, listen, if you're going to give your zakat, your zakat is due, what's going to happen to the expenses that are going to come two months, three months later, you're going to have need money, you're going to need cash. If you're going to pay your zakat, what is going to happen to those expenses that you need to pay? Hold back on that zakat. Your parents need money, you need to help your family members, they are battling. Hold back. What's going to happen in two months, three months? He starts making you fear distant expenses that haven't even arrived. And not only makes you fear these distant expenses, he starts making you hold back from those things that you need to attend to immediately. A person needs to spend on his own family, he's got his parents that are ailing. How often are we hearing of incidents? where people are putting their own parents into public hospitals and they're flying now overseas for trips, for holidays, here and there. The brothers and sisters don't have money for medical expenses and people are flying. What is causing this? The shaitan's fear that you'll need that money, but then suddenly that money will be used in other avenues. Then he won't frighten you. When a man wants to go to Las Vegas, the man wants to go to Europe, he wants to go to Dubai for holiday, shaitan won't frighten you what's going to happen with the expenses to come two months, three months. That's not his fear. But when you want to pull out that money for that zakat, for that dillah, for that contribution to help the family, that's when he comes in now. What's going to happen when you need to make those payments? So shaitan gets a man to hold back from khairat, from good works, from necessary works with this fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is warning us. And then shaitan gets a person to act even further. That now a man Allah ta'ala has blessed him with a beautiful daughter, a budding flower, a mubarak child. Automatically that fear is put in the heart of the parent that eye-pointing, who tie, 
that what's going to happen to this child? What is going to happen? What's going to happen to her if she gets divorced? If she gets divorced, the poor child hasn't even grown up. Anika hasn't taken place. She hasn't even settled down. But from a child, you're already thinking, if she gets divorced, what is going to happen to her? I need to start planning an education program for this child. So if she gets divorced, she's got some type of degree that she can stand on her own feet. Automatically, Shaitan is putting that fear in the heart. Now the poor, budding, beautiful child is growing up. And now the parents are sending her to school, sending her to high school, and then sending her to university. And putting her in that environment, in the lion's den, in the prime of her life, and sometimes the girls from good homes are even boarding in the universities. Why? Out of the fear that what is going to happen to this child? What is going to happen to this daughter? We're not thinking about what is going to happen to the akhirat of this girl by going in that environment. But that fear of poverty already, Shaitan is making the parents maneuver this young, beautiful, budding flower that Allah has given them as a gift in these environments. There's an alim that was staying for many years in Grahamstown, Grahamstown as the imam of the masjid there. And he says that if I give you examples of girls that come from good homes, the fathers come there and drop them off to stay in the residence that is there so they can study in the university. Good homes, they got accepted. He says on one side the parents got the fear that what is going to happen to our daughter? We're just leaving her in the residence. But the other fear that shaitan has put in the heart, that what is going to happen to this girl if she gets divorced? So that fear now overcomes this fear. They bring their daughter and they put them in the university. That concern is the first time we're leaving the daughter out of the house. What is going to happen to her? So he says, they come to the masjid and they see me and they, say, they tell me that, you know what, can you just keep an eye on our daughter? We're leaving her in the residence here. He says, first thing I think to myself is they're asking me as a young alim to look after their daughter. Is that the right thing to do? He says, very often I tell him, sit down here in the car that you are. Do me one favor, I need to talk to you for a few minutes. And then he'll explain. He said, if you love this diamond that Allah Ta'ala has given you, take this daughter of yours now and go back immediately home. Don't leave her here. I've seen girls coming from good homes, from good families, from good backgrounds. Leave them in the residence here of the university. Give them about six to eight months and automatically you'll find that they're already drinking and partying with the non-Muslim boys and girls. It's a normal practice. Nabi Ali Salatu Wasalam has told us, Al-Mar'u ala deeni khalili, a person is upon the ways of his friends. That new company, that new culture now becomes their friends. That's what happens. I'm just giving you one example of Shaitan, how he works, he puts poison in the heart. He creates that fear, now that daughter that is growing up. And then we're thinking that now she'll be able to stand on her own feet. She'll be able to support herself, not realizing that by us putting her through this program, it's creating another culture within this woman. That woman that's supposed to grow up and become the mother of the children, the mother of the home, in, in developing qualities in those children, is now thinking like how a man should think. Suddenly she now gets a degree, she gets a job, she gets those credit cards. The university culture has already put her into that independent mode. That I don't need anybody. I got my own car. I go to study when I want to study. I got my own income. I got my own flat, so to speak. I can do what I want. That culture has already been created. Now when the nikah takes place and she gets married, what happens? It is very, very hard for that type of woman to be living under a husband. So what we thought will save that woman, actually it's backfiring on her. And many, many women complain that our husbands now know that we got degrees. Our husband knows that we are earning income. They know that we are independent and we are financially well off. 
So when they supposed to be contributing to the household expenses, they're asking us to contribute. Now we got to pay for the lights and water, we got to pay for the maintenance, we got to pay for the children's education. Suddenly it has come onto our heads. What we thought would help to save the woman is actually getting her on the threshold of divorce. So this is Shaitan's plan. That he's frightening you with this fear and he's telling you put that woman through this process and he's frightening us. So like that there is many many instances where Shaitan will frighten us. Recently there was one doctor, he was explaining that he's working in the emergency unit in the hospital, public hospitals. So from the many things that he mentioned, he says that one thing I saw very strange in this COVID period. He said we found among the doctors when we had done a survey, we found that the behavior patterns of patients were very, very strange. Very strange, unusually strange. We didn't expect to find this. The people were behaving in very, very strange manners. And then when we analyzed and we came to one reason, one, or one cause that was causing this, he says we realized there was a very high level fear amongst the patients. And not only amongst the patients, amongst the general public, there was a fear. There was Jalaza messages going around. There was people pumping that so many people are dying and this is what is happening. That is what. So he says the behavior pattern of people changed completely. It wasn't rational decision making anymore. It was completely irrational decision making in whatever a person did. And what we found it to be was fear. And what Allah Ta'ala is saying, Shaitan is going to instill fear in you. Once that fear is there, what's supposed to be rational now becomes irrational and we think it to be normal. One example just to understand this, there was a police officer that he found a person driving on the road with five people sitting in the front area of the car and only one person sitting in the back seat. So the police officer is asking, what is going on here? Five people sitting in the front and one person only sitting in the back. So this person tells him, now he's giving his logic, or he's trying to explain his ration. He said, you see, we can't find any more place in the front, so that's why we forced to put one person in the back. Can you see that rational? So what's supposed to be rational now becomes irrational and we think it to be normal. So that's why today if a person doesn't send his daughter to high school and university, he is abnormal. But that man who is making preparations for her to get her independence, to get a credit card, to be flying high and going around the world, that man is seen to be a rational person. So this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us. The second part is he will bid you, he will encourage you, he will command you to those things that are obscene. Especially in this part of the year that we are going through, between the Christmas, the New Year period, when everyone is on leave and many people are off, many people are on leave. Now is the time that if I want to stay at home, then I am doing something abnormal. If I go out, then I'm doing something normal. And to such an extent that if a person is not going on holiday in this period, he has to become apologetic. That he has to give reasons why I didn't go out. I didn't go out this year because of some excuse. There's some work that is taking place. Or somebody is not well. Now some excuse. Whereas it's a normal thing for a person to save himself. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Hazrat Uqba bin Amir radiallahu anhu, he says that Rasulullah, he said that I asked, Sa'altu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, man najah, that I asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what is salvation? What is success? This is his question. He said Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told me three things. The first thing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told me is, amsik alayka lisanak, that take control of your tongue. Look after this tongue of yours. So this was the first thing. So Nabi Sallallahu didn't give him the definition of success, but he told him how to reach the success. The first step he told him was take control of this tongue. 
unfortunately because of the tongue today so many people are getting themselves involved in so many problems either it is domestic problems this problem with the children father and father and son mother-in-law and daughter-in-law it's just about controlling how we speak and ulama explain it's not just the way we speak but it's also the way that we communicate on social media that is also one form of the tongue that how we are speaking be very very careful the words rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is saying i'm sick take hold control be protective of what you say be very careful person can just say one thing and he can break up years and years of good relationship so therefore nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is telling us the first step the second take second step wal yasa'ka baytuk that let your house be sufficient for you that there is no need that because december christmas new year period came that we have to go out rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is telling us something else he is telling us that let your house be sufficient for you allah has given us this house as a fort as a protection from all types of outside sin so long as we don't bring the sin into the home by bringing television in the home and bringing other sinful things into our house allah has made that home for us a protection let that house be sufficient for you and then rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said wabki ala khati'atik cry over your sins cry in other words look into look into your life see what gunas are there not that we are planning and plotting to go out to those places that will deliberately get us involved in sins if you look at it in this period you get the highest level of crime highest level of alcohol intake highest level of accidents highest level of serious crime and even the highest level of marital cases problem divorces in fact that it is stated the attorneys they got it listed recorded that in the january period the period after the holidays that is the time they deal with the most amount of divorces in other words that that promise to give them that peak that highlight that enjoyment only comes back with a depression a man comes back from that holiday and now all the fights start all the problems start reality takes in reality kicks in nabi ali sallallahu alaihi wasallam told us something so nice wal yasaka baytuk let your house be sufficient for you one person mentioned to me very nicely he said i've got a very beautiful home it's about 5 or 600 square meters this home of mine fully he says i got every type of amenity that i would like to have there i got it in my home the best of kitchen the best of lounge suites the best bedroom he says the best of bathrooms i've got there but somehow that culture is there that we need to go for a holiday and he says sometimes we book into one chalet in one jungle so to speak one resort so to speak one chalet that is there and now i find i'm sleeping on a bed that is not even my bed the toilet is not even to my spec he said now even that lounge suite is somebody else's lounge suite the kitchen also we've opened the fridge we know that somebody else had wine kept in here pork kept in here haram meat kept in this freezer now we must put our things in the freezer i think to myself is this an intelligent man am i intelligent man i left a 5 600 square meter home and i'm coming into one chalet that is 150 meters 150 square meter in some jungle i left all the luxuries that i created there for myself and i'm coming here and i thinking that this is a holiday when allah has given me such a nice home so this culture when it comes into a person he feels that he has to leave his home whereas a person who's contented and who's happy he doesn't need to leave his home allah taala give us the tawfiq allah taala give us the ability to bring this not to say that we don't go for a holiday we don't go for a rest but let us be careful it should never ever be a culture that if i don't go in this type of period then i have to be apologetic actually this is the culture of a muslim that he stays at home he's got his namaz he's got his masjid the day i have to miss the masjid i miss the azan i feel as though i've missed a lot some of the pious people you will find that even on several they'll plot their route they'll plot their time 
So they don't miss one salah in the masjid. Now sometimes we go weeks on end for holiday year and day. Namaz is in the hotel room. People are just reading. Some foyer we're reading namaz and we're getting that happiness. That happiness is when we're in the house of Allah Ta'ala. We can hear the azan. We can hear the qirat. We read our salat. Those are the things that give a true Muslim happiness. So anyway, it is a nikah. Now I just want to wish, <coughs> just before I go into the nikah, uh, perform the nikah, just few advices to something for all of us. How we can improve our lives, our marital lives. There was one very pious woman. She was the wife of Hazrat Mullah Dawood Padia Rahmatullah Ali from Stanger. Many people may have known or heard of him. So his wife, one person had a dream and seen Hajibai Padia Rahmatullah Ali in the dream. And Hajibai Padia Rahmatullah Ali is saying that this woman, Allah Ta'ala, has given her very high status. Ulama, when they inquired from the family, that what qualities this woman had that Allah Ta'ala had given her such a high status. So they found the three qualities she had. So now I am mentioning this is that if we can bring it into our lives, a woman folk can bring it into our lives, it makes such a big difference to the nikah, it makes such a big difference to the home. So the first quality that she had was when she got married, she and her husband made a pact that every week we are going to implement some sunnah in our life. We are going to see what are the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We are going to implement some new sunnah in our life. We are going to look and we are going to bring it. And if you see me making a mistake in any sunnah, you correct me. I see you making a mistake in any sunnah, I will correct you. So the first thing what they did when they got married is they made a pact to bring the Mubarak sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in their life. The other thing that she had a quality was where she was staying is around there, there was a lot of, uh, there was a taxi rank, a lot of people waiting for the taxi, there were vendors, etc. So on hot days, people would naturally get thirsty. So she would collect all these bottles, these two liter bottles, these cold drink bottles, empty water bottles, etc. She would fill it with water. Sometimes she would put that concentrated juice and freeze it, make it cold and go and give these people, send it for these people. And the people there, all those vendors, the people on the street, etc., they would be so appreciative that they got something cold to drink on a hot day. So they would naturally make dua from their heart. Some of them were Muslim, some were not Muslim, but they were inclined also to Islam because of the akhlaq that this woman showed. She would collect those bottles, simple. It doesn't cost much. How much does it cost to fill up water? put it in the freezer and give it to the poor people. So this was the second quality that this woman had. And the third quality that she had, this woman, is that she never complained. Very, very appreciative of what she had in her home. Extremely, to such an extent that there was a fridge or freezer that was there that was leaking for some time and her husband kept telling her that I'll get a new one. She said, don't get a new one. It's working. So long as it's working, it's okay if it leaks. We can clean up, we can get it repaired, but there's no need to change it. So she was very content with what Allah Ta'ala had given her. Ulama explains perhaps because of three simple qualities that this woman had that she got such a high maqam in the akhirat. So it doesn't have, doesn't have to be, they have to fly all the time for umrah and fly for hajj and do things that are very, very exciting. person can do simple things and still get a high maqam in akhirat. So this is one thing to keep in mind. Another thing in all our marriages, we all like all our marriages to to excel and to go very, very fast and very far. Ulama explained these two qualities that can take a nikah from 0 to 103 seconds. 0 to 103 seconds is simple, two simple qualities and these qualities are humility and appreciation. Humility, appreciation, that appreciate what the woman is doing. The man appreciates what the woman is doing. The woman appreciates what the man is doing. Humility, that we don't lose ourselves. We stay cool, we stay calm. Hazrat Mullah, I'll terminate on this. Hazrat Mullah Abdul Hamid Sahib, Damad Barakatuhum, he mentions a nice story, you say, is when it comes to matters of the home, intizami matters, etc., then leave that to the ladies. In other words, if they feel a blue curtain looks nice with an orange floor, 
Alhamdulillah, you are right. When it comes to colors and other things, you are right. Let them be right. When it comes to deeny matters, the man must see that deen remains firm in the house. They he don't compromise. But anything else, that if a glass plate looks better with a square design, Alhamdulillah, you are right. Round designs, you are right. Whatever it is, you are right. So there was an alim, I'll just terminate on the story. There was an alim, and he had this quality. That everything anybody told him, and it had not, it wasn't relating to deen, it was just general matters. He'll tell the person, you are right. So one day he was put in the corner. This alim was put in the corner. There was a marital dispute. So the husband came first to him, to his house, and he gave the whole side of his story. So the alim said, now the only way I'm going to end up this thing, I'm going to tell him, you are right. So he told the man, you are right. So the man went away home and he was excited. He told his wife that the Molana said that, I am right. So the wife got very worked up. Very, very worked up. She also came now to the Molana's house. Did you never hear my side of the story. That's what I got to say. So when he heard the whole story, he told the wife, you are right. So she also got excited and she went back home. So now the Molana's wife couldn't take it. She heard both sides of the story and she said, you are right and you are right. So she took off with the Molana. She said, you can't do a thing like this. The husband comes to you, you say, you are right. The wife comes to you, you are right. What type of behavior is this? You should never be doing a thing like this. So he tells his wife, you are right. So she also finished. That story is over. So Allah Ta'ala give us all love, muhabbat in our marriages. Simple way is in those things that are not serious, just agree and move on. There is no need for fights, there is no need for problems. Bring these two qualities and Allah Ta'ala will bless that marriage. Let us bring humility, let us bring appreciation. Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq of making amal. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah. Ahmad Khalil Muhammad. I have your permission to make nikah of Aliyah from Muhammad Vali. I have your permission. The Meher being 3,800. That's correct. Uh, witnesses to the represent to this representation. Muhammad Salim and Yasin Vali. Muhammad Yasin. You witnessed it. <coughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina. May yahdihillahu fala mudillahu wa may yudlilhu fala adiyalah. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصهما فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا وقد قال تعالى في قرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقد قال تعالى يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا وقد قال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا وقد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم النكاح من سنتي وقد قال فمن رغب عن سنتي فليس مني أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام by Muhammad Wali in the presence of this congregation I hand over Aliyah Muhammad to you in nikah with the mehar being 3800 rand as a gold ring do you accept Aliyah Muhammad in your nikah فَيْنَكَحْتُهَا وَقَبِلْتُهَا بَارَكَ اللَّهُ لَكْ وَبَارَكَ عَلَيْكُمَا وَجَمَعَ بِيْنَكُمَا فِي الْخَيْنِ Inshallah the signing will be after the salah and the dua also will be after the salah.
Alhamdulillah, <coughs> ونشهد أن سيدنا مولانا محمد عبده ورسوله المبعوث من الأحمر والأسود المنعوث بشرح الصدر ورفع الذكر صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه الذين خلاصة العرب العرباء وخير الخلائق بعد الأنبياء فيا معشر الإخوان وحد الله فإن التوحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن التقوى ملاك الحسنان وعليكم بالسنة فإن السنة تهدي للإطاعة ومن أطاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى وإياكم والبدعة فإن البدعة تهدي إلى المعصية ومن يعص الله ورسوله فقد ضل وغواب وعليكم بالصدق فإن الصدق ينجي والكذب يهلك وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين ولا تحب الدنيا فتكون من الخاسرين ألا وإن النفس لن تموت حتى تستكمل رزقها فاتقوا الله واجملوا في الطلب وتوكلوا عليه فإن الله يحب المتوكلين واحفظوا وقتكم فإن الوقت أنفس من الذهب والفضة وقد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ليس يتحسر أهل الجنة إلا على ساعة مرت بهم ولم يذكر الله تعالى فيها واستغفروا ربكم يمددكم يموال وبنين وادعوا ربكم فإن ربكم مجيب الداعين وقال تعالى أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وقال ربكم ادعوني أستجب لكم إن الذين يستكبرون عن عبادتي سيدخلون جهنم داخلين بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قول هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه 
ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا مولانا محمد عبده ورسوله قال تعالى في قرآن المجيد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فيما معنى الأحاديث المختلفة أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأصدقهم حياء عثمان رضي الله تعالى عنه وقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى عنه وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة رضوان الله تعالى عليهم أجمعين اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر من نصر دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وجعلنا منهم عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغ يعدكم لعلكم تذكرون وقد قال تعالى فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروني ولا تكفرون أقيم الصلاة Try and fill the subs in from the front, stand shoulder to shoulder, and ensure that all the cell phones are switched off. الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين إذا السماء فطرت وإذا الكواكب تثرت وإذا البحار فجرت وإذا القبور بعثرت علمت نفس ما قدمت وأخرت يا أيها الإنسان ما غرك بربك الكريم الذي خلقك فسواك فعدلك في أي صورة ما شاء ركبك 
كلا بل تكذبون بالدين وإن عليكم لحافظين كراما كاتبين يعلمون ما تفعلون الله أكبر سمي الله لمن حمدا الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين إن الأبرار لفي نعيم وإن الفجار لفي جحيم يصلونها يوم الدين وما هم عنها بغائبين وما أدراك ما يوم الدين ثم ما أدراك ما يوم الدين يوم لا تملك نفس لنفس شيئا والأمر يومئذ لله الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمدا الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الله أكبر اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك ربنا وتعاليت يا ذي الجلال والإكرام اللهم إلا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع بالجد منك الجد اللهم ألف بين قلوبنا وأصلح ذات بيننا وأهدنا سبل السلام ونجنا من الظلمات إلى النور وجنبنا الفواحش ما ظهر منها وما بطن وبارك لنا في أسماعنا وأبصارنا وقلوبنا وأزواجنا وذرياتنا وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وجعلنا شاكرين لنعمتك مثنين بها قابلها وتمها علينا اللهم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما أسألك من نبيك سيدنا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك من نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم حان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله